You're listening to the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland Podcast. Now, your weekly message from Pastor Tim McLaughlin. Praise God. Thank you again for joining us. As always, it's, uh, it is great to be with you. Uh, we started last week, I started talking to you uh, about something that I just, I'm passionate about, and that is the, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse number 4. Acts 1, verse 4. says, And being assembled together with them, Jesus, being assembled with his disciples, he commanded them not to depart for Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. The promise, as we talked last night, is the promise of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We know that, that in John chapter 3, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus told him, he said that there's only one way that a man can be born again, and that must be to receive the Holy Spirit. We need to receive God's Spirit into us. John chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus breathed on them in the upper room when he came back, his resurrected body came back into the upper room, and he breathed on them and said, receive my spirit. This is the promise that God is talking about. This is the promise that Jesus is talking to his disciples about in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 that they need to receive the Holy Spirit. We looked at last week that man is is not born again unless he or she receives the Holy Spirit. We understand that the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. It is a gift, a free gift that we can ask for. And God does not give us his spirit by measure. We understand that he gives us faith by measure, but he does not give us his spirit by measure. In other words, Smith Wigglesworth does not have more of the Holy Ghost than you. Uh, Dad Hagen did not have more of the Holy Ghost than you. I do not have more of the Holy Ghost than you. Each one of us are given God's spirit in full. The difference is, what are you going to do? What are you going to allow him to do through you? And that's the key, is understanding what is the promise that God gave us. It's the promise of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage. In the King James Version, it says it's expedient. It's the word that means that it's profitable. So in other words, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is profitable that I go away. Jesus said it was profitable that he went away. How could it possibly be profitable that the Son of God who lived here on the earth 33 and a half years would would say it would be profitable for him to go because he said, if I go away, then I will send you the helper, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit that will then live in you and these greater things will we do because he's went to the Father, because he's given us his Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. How was God with him? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we understand that if Jesus went about doing good and healing all of those who were oppressed for the devil because God was with him, and then now he said, but now I go to the Father and I send you the promise of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that was in me, then we also should go about doing the same things that Jesus did. So we understand that that Jesus is our example. The Word of God is clear that Jesus is our example. And our lives here on earth are to be conformed to the image of Christ and His likeness. Let me say that again. God's Word is very clear 
that Jesus was our example and our lives here on earth are to be conformed to his image and to his likeness. So let's pick this up. Romans chapter 8 verse 29 says, For him for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he, he might be, talking about us, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Jesus was the firstborn among many. We are the brethren. So whom God foreknew, he predestined. Now, I'm not saying, you know, so many people get caught up in this predestined. Well, you know, these people are going to go to heaven, but these people are not. Listen, God came that none should perish. The only reason that somebody would perish and go to hell is because someone made a choice to deny Christ. Someone made a choice to willfully live in sin instead of calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God desired that none of us should perish. But what he also says is this, is that Jesus, his son, is the firstborn of many. We are that many. Jesus was the firstborn of many brothers. We are those people. Jesus wants us to be going about doing the same things that he himself was doing while he was on earth. He is our example. He was healing the sick, so he sends us out to heal the sick. He was casting out demons, and he sends us out to cast out demons. Go with me to Mark chapter 16 verse 15 through 18. Mark 16, verse 15 through 18. Many of us know this as the Great Commission. Mark 16, verses 15 through 18. And he, Jesus, said to them, his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now stop right there because this word preach, so many people get this caught up in their mind. Well, that's the preacher's job. Listen, this word preach right here is the word proclaim. We are to go out and to proclaim what it is that God done has done in our life. Has God done anything in your life? Has God saved you? Has God delivered you out of darkness? Has God healed your body? Has God done anything in your life? When we go out and we proclaim, we are sharing our testimony about what God has done in us. When we are born again, when we are filled with His Spirit, we are to go out from here and we are to proclaim the goodness of God. Then in Matthew 16, he says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Do I have any believers in the house any believers that are listening to this if you're a believer then you are born again you are filled with the spirit of god and therefore verse 17 says and these signs will follow those who believe so if you said hey i'm a believer i've been filled with the spirit of god then these signs will believe in my name you will cast out demons you will speak with new tongues you will ta take up serpents and you will drink anything deadly and it will by no means hurt you. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. God gave us three specific things in his great commission that you and I need to follow through with. We need to go. We can't sit here and expect people to come to us. We need to go. There is a lost and dying world. We need to go to them. This, this word go right here, is, is a term of activity. It's a term of doing something. It's a term of, 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 of going out and doing, not a passive word of sitting by and waiting. The Bible says in Luke 14, 23, it says, Then the master said to the servant, Go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. 
We need to take the good news of salvation of Jesus Christ to our family, to our friends, to our co-workers, and even to strangers and compel them to come in. The word compel is a Greek word that means to necessitate, to drive to, to constrain by force. We need to go and we need to compel people. It's a necessity that we tell people about Jesus. Now, now I love this. If you go to Matthew's gospel, Matthew 22, it's, it's the sim, same story right here. But in Matthew 22, I like this because what Jesus is talking about, he starts this story out and he says in Matthew uh, 22, beginning in verse number Two, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. So stop right there. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king. Who's the king? God is that king who arranged a marriage for his son. Who is his son? Jesus is his son. Who is the bride? We, those that are born again, are his bride. Verse 3 says, And he sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Who was not willing to come? The religious crowd. Just like in the days of Jesus, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious crowd, today we have a group of religious people that are not willing to change. They are not willing to go and to do anything. They want to they sit there and they want to just assume that people are going to come to them. Verse 4 says, And again he sent out his servants saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared a dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready to come to the wedding. Huh, I love that. I'm going to get back to that wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to this, his own farm and another to his own business. And the rest seized the servant, treated them spitefully, and killed them. I'm going to tell you, we're living in the days right now where those that are going out, those filled with the Spirit, those that are proclaiming the gospel, we are being treated spitefully. And there are some in other countries that are dying for the cause of Christ. Verse 7, Matthew 22, verse 7 says, But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent his armies and destroyed the murderers and burned them up the city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who are invited are not worthy. Verse 9, Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. About a year and a half ago, I was preaching in a revival and the spirit of the Lord spoke to me in the midst of the revival. And he told me, he said, the problem with the American church is revival has become something that we set aside four or five days. We bring a guest speaker and a guest, uh, uh, a worship team in. And, and, and for, for one week, we're going to have a series of meetings and we're going to say that we've done something for God. Listen, revival was never meant to be a set time of year, a set uh, order of meetings. Revival was something that was supposed to be an awakening. The great Toronto revivals are, are still moving. The great revivals down in uh, Chile, or, or down in Argentina rather, are still flowing. Brownsville revival was never meant to stop, but man's agenda got in the way. I believe God is wanting to do something great. And I was in the middle of this revival speaking and the Lord spoke to me. And he said, the next great awakening is going to come through the prodigals. The next great awakening is going to come through the prodigals. This is what the Spirit of the Lord told me. Listen, where are the prodigals? They are out there. They are in the highways. They are in the hedges. They are out there. And we need to go and we need to compel them to come in. The prodigals are going to come. They're going to get saved. And the next great awakening is going to take place when we go and we find those that are out there that are, that are longing 
for a relationship. Many of these that are struggling with drug addiction, many of those that are struggling in alcoholism, many of them that are trying to find hope in all the wrong places, they just need to hear the message of hope that Jesus Christ has come once and he's coming again in power and in glory. And we need to come and we need to bring them to the wedding feast, the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is not a suggestion, church. This is a command from God. Go into the world. Then Jesus said, preach. First he said, go. Then he said, preach. Again, this word preach right here is the Greek word charisio, which means to publish, to proclaim openly. Something which has to be done. A public proclamation of the gospel and the matters pertaining to it. This, this, is, this is a proclamation made by John the Baptist about Jesus, by the apostles and other Christians, and to us. That we need to go and we need to proclaim the goodness of the Lord. Luke chapter 8 verse 39, Jesus said to, to the man that he had just cast the many demons out of, he said, return to your house and tell what great things God has done for you. You need to return and proclaim the great things that God has done for you. Has God done any great thing in your life? Then proclaim it. Preach to those that are around you. I'm going to tell you, I said this the other day. I was preaching at a church up in Monterey. And I said, I tell you what, I bet Jesus wishes that he had the greatest uh, evangelism tool that we have to us today. Today, we've got the greatest evangelism tool by all. It's called Walmart. Hallelujah. Man, it's a one-stop shop. You get your groceries, you get your clothing, you get your automotive supplies, and I'm going to tell you what, it's a mission field to lead people to Jesus. Just walk around Walmart and tell people about the goodness of God and what God has done in your life. If God has done anything great in your life, we need to go and we need to tell people about it. We need to proclaim the good news. Then he said, after we go, after we get up out of the couch, after we get out of the comfort of our church and we go and we proclaim the goodness of God, then he says this, signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. The Greek word for signs is the word simian, which means of miracles and wonders by which God authenticates and the men and women sent by him to prove that the cause they are pleading is God's. Listen, he says signs and wonders. This is the miracles authenticated by God in you and I that God sent us. If a drug addict gets radically delivered, people are going to take notice and they're going to listen. If a demoniac gets delivered, people are going to take notice and ask, how could this happen? If a crippled man gets healed, if the blind gain their sight, if the deaf hear, people will want to know, how could this happen? And the answer is Jesus. Listen, I've seen demons cast out. I've seen, I've seen people that doctors said that they were going to die that are today living and, and, and serving Christ. I have seen drug addicts that have been set free that are now working on my staff and other staff proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen people get up out of wheelchairs. How? Because it's the promise of the Father. It's the power of God working in you and I to do and to accomplish His will. Miracles, signs, and wonders. The only time that we're going to see these things done is when we get up out of our seat and we go and proclaim. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 and 8, 
And as you go preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Have you received from God? Has God done a work in your life? Freely you received His good work. Freely go and give it. Proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Never again into the book of Acts do we see the disciples doing the miracles that Jesus did. So why did He say it's to our advantage that He go away? Because many don't believe that we can do the things that Jesus did. He was the Son of God. But the Word of God tells us in John 14, 12, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me and the works that I do, he will also do and greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Jesus said, listen, I did a lot of great works. I'm the Son of God. I'm the Messiah. I've come once and I'm coming again. But these miracles were only taking place where Jesus was at. But he said, greater works. This statement, greater works, is, 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 is not hard to understand. It means greater, referring to the signs and wonders. God showed us through Jesus' example what one person could do that was filled with the Holy Spirit without measure. We saw what Jesus could do when he was filled with the Holy Spirit without measure. So just imagine what millions and millions of Christians who had the same Spirit without measure living in them. Some people try to water this verse down and trying to say that he's talking about quantity, not quality. You know, I believe that quantity is part of it. Again, millions of born-again believers filled with the Holy Ghost are going to do greater things in measure than what Jesus did. But let's not only make it that because what he's talking about right here is the Greek word mazon, which means quality. Not only did Jesus preach the gospel as we are called to preach the gospel, but he, after he preached, signs and wonders followed. The same thing will happen for you and I. John chapter 6, verse 2 says, Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. We are to follow the example and preach the gospel and trust that the same promise that worked in Jesus will work in our lives today. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Can I just tell you today, regardless of where you're at, if you're right here in Cookville, Tennessee, if you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be His witness in Cookville, in Monterey, in Livingston, in Sparta, and to the ends of the earth. He's given us His promise. He has given us His Spirit and He has given Him without measure to go and to do greater works. God has called us to receive His Spirit, to go, to preach, and to see signs following. Will you believe? Will you receive the promise of the Father? And will you do what God has called you to do? Would you pray with me today? Father God, I ask you now, fill me to the full with your promise, with your spirit, so that I too can go, not in my own strength, not even in my own name, not in any credit that I want, but to give all glory to the Father, to see people's lives changed and transformed. Father, if we ever see a drug addict who is strung out on crack or on meth or on uh, uh, cocaine or, or anything like that, and then they get sobered up instantly, 
Father, other drug addicts are going to come. That's the, that's the way that Teen Challenge was established 60 years ago by David Wilkerson. Because one drug addict, Nikki Cruz, got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and went right back into the projects and began to tell other gang members and drug addicts about this power of Jesus that was working in him. We can do the same today as Jesus did, as David Wilkerson did, if we will believe. Father, help our belief. Help us to walk in power. Help us, Father God, to seek after you. Fill us, Lord, with your gift. Fill us with your promise that we can go, we can proclaim, and see signs following. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for all that you're doing in us, through us, and with us. For we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I pray that you're enjoying this. I pray that you're getting something out of this. I pray that it's, it's just changing you. And may you call upon God and ask Him to fill you with His promise. Don't let me forget, next week, I want to tell you about the wedding. God bless. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about this ministry or consider supporting, visit us at teenchallengeuc.org.